Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily, how are you today? Hey, 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 Michelle. Well, I think I'm a little extra good today. Nothing says, you know, I'm having a good day like day drinking. And, you know, anytime we can look for an excuse to have some (laughs) champagne and bubbly during the day, we certainly do that. Absolutely. Fortunately, because of where our guest for today's episode Mm -hmm. is located, that it made us have to drink early in the day. That's right. I mean, you know, you didn't have to twist my arm too hard, but... (laughs) Well, right. I mean, it's not like we just woke up and started drinking. No, no, no. My goodness, that's That's for for another time. (laughs) So Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I was, you know, as I was relaying before the episode, I'm on a quest to find bagels for my boys. That sounds like a like a hashtag bagels for my boys because since St. Louis County reinstated their um, their new or reinstated some of the stay at home orders mm-hmm. you can't find bagels at the bread co anywhere it's crazy and then the, and uh, so um, I'm just checking the app. It's I don't know if I have to like reserve bagels a couple days in advance, you know, right. to get them right out of the oven. I'm not sure. So it's just one of those things. And you? Uh so uh, you know, I'm I feel like uh, I've been living here at Ch- uh, Shock City a little bit. I've been doing a little podcast project for the government. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of the exchange program that I went to El Salvador with in February. Uh, because of COVID, the mentorship hasn't been able to transpire where we would go back to El Salvador and they'd come here um, to have more hands-on learning. So we decided to create a podcast to, to share information. And uh, so I've, I've been doing that, which has been really fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I feel like uh, this is my second home now. Well, perfect. You can, <laughs> you can have Thanksgiving with the uh, with the guys here at uh, right. at Shock City. <laughs> that podcast isn't as fun because there is no wine during that one. So, well, give it a little time, Emily. <laughs> you might be able to get them to switch that around. Well, you know, and also this is uh, the launch of season six. It so, is. cheers to that! Cheers! Cheers yes. to season six, everybody. Can Good you reason it? for some bubbles. Yeah. Which talk? Let's talk about that real quickly okay. here. Um, so today we are drinking this um, Castel de St. Paul. Uh, and we've, or actually it's not Paul, it's Pau. Po, P-A-U. Um, and we have actually had a fair amount of this, yeah. not on the show, but we've Correct. had a fair amount of it. It's a staple um, because it is an absolutely delicious cava that has no added sugar. So, you know, that means... No, no headaches. headaches. <laughs> um, and that's important when you're day drinking. It absolutely is. Um, and the price point is kind of amazing. It falls in between that $12 and $15 price point, depending on where you're buying it. And, um, you know, nice tiny little bubbles. It's It's got wonderful notes of kind of lemon curd, lime, apricot, green apple, um, you know, all those wonderful little, a little you know, yeastiness in there. Uh, I think it's just really good bang for the buck. Love this wine. Really excited to share it on the show. Yeah, it's delightful. I was um, glad you, you brought that and glad that the wine merchant, it's mm-hmm. given us some to 
to drink on our yeah to start our sixth season. Absolutely, seems very appropriate. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that we could find some good African wine today because right. our guest Cassie Morgan is actually talking to us from her home in Africa in Malawi. We are. This is our first intercontinental episode. We've had, yes. you know, guests from another country, but they've mm-hmm. been in North America. Right. So this is our first intercontinental. So welcome to the show, Cassie. Thank you all so much. I'm so happy to be here and apologies for not having Africa wine, but I do have something better. Ooh. It is Malawi gin. Oh my. Ooh. That looks, yeah. that what looks are dangerous. The <laughs> what are the notes? Strong? Yeah. <laughs> Earthy? <laughs> Be careful. Don't finish this. All right. <laughs> Don't drink that whole bottle on an episode. No, do not. I do not Gosh. recommend it. Not, not unless you want all of your your uh, secrets told for the world, right? <laughs> exactly. So you might, listeners might be wondering, like, how we got connected to Cassie. Um, and so one of uh, Emily's neighbor, mm-hmm. who... A fan uh, and a neighbor. A fan and a neighbor, yeah. Laura. We were having a fire pit with her, and she was mm-hmm. talking about her friend, Cassie, who um, is an epidemiologist and is in Malawi, Africa, and is also from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And we were like, can, can you connect us to her? Because she sounds so fascinating. And uh, so that's how we got connected to Cassie. And then we did, we, Emily and I worked our charms on her, and we were able to <laughs> get her to agree to come on and do the show, do an episode with us and talk about all things being in Africa, doing what the work you do, what it's yeah. like, uh, and uh, you know anything else that we can we feel yeah, like talking about a little about bit about today. that journey too because I think that's absolutely fascinating of kind of your journey of ending up where you are. It's amazing some of the experiences that you've had along the way. So, so that well, would explain why she yeah. has a St. Louis accent versus an African <laughs> accent on on our on our show. So yeah, so. Tell us um, how, I mean, I know you said you're not feeling so well, so that's why you're not drinking with us, but you will um, drink later when you're no longer taking your medicine, which I think is like what an adult thing to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, How many times have we drank on our medicine? I don't know. I I mean, I I pretty much always do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh So how is it today or this evening in Africa and in Malawi? It's good. It's uh, it's a beautiful day. So we are in the midst of summer. Um, so it has been boiling hot in the 90s here. Uh, so yeah, I've been dealing with that. But it's been wonderful. Our we're we're behind you all with our COVID curve. So our cases have been in the single digits. Um, wow. Yeah. What do you attribute that months. to? You know, there's been a lot of speculations. Uh, some of it is partly that. It's all our environment is mostly outdoors um, for the majority of the country. In city centers, you'll get indoor spaces that'll get crowded, but mostly everything is outside. Um, the scientists are also exploring relationships between the TB uh, vaccine, uh, which is largely okay. administered here, and maybe that has some protective factors. Uh, but we're not really sure yet. But we're really thankful. Um, we were scared when it all started because what the numbers were showing was devastating. Well, and you really don't have the infrastructure there to really manage volumes of cases like we're having here. Yeah, it's exactly that. The healthcare infrastructure is lacking. And so for those that would need to be hospitalized, 
you know, when there's tens of ICU beds in the country, we just can't handle that. Um, and we can't mm-hmm. rapidly build that infrastructure. So that was the biggest concern. Um, yeah. So you said you're currently having summer. We've been doing this eight months. Have you been through winter with it yet? So you your, like you're like, we're, we're going into winter now. Like we started it in the spring mm-hmm. all through summer, the fall. So like, I'm trying to reverse that hemisphere wise. Yeah. So we, started in the winter actually um and i mean we don't really have a drastic winter here it will get to like the 50s um okay yeah in some parts it'll drop to like the 40s at night uh but i mean that's that's winter (laughs) Um, so so snowfall is not a not a regular occurrence i wish no Mm -mm. (laughs) do you miss it do you miss this i do miss the snow (laughs) but we get so much rain thunderstorms like all the time so that's beautiful okay. but yeah yeah, no, yeah. No. so that would that would um have like be a contributing factor that you have not had an, uh, a, a temperature climate that forced everybody indoors mm-hmm. 24 hours out, out of the 24-hour day you know right um what about the, I know when we talked on our, our uh, meeting before, you talked about all the fresh vegetables and do you think that the, the uh, diet and the, um, that's available to everybody is also a contributing factor for healthier the, living in general, right? Well, they probably aren't Better eating foods. a bunch of Cheetos. Right. And can you get <laughs> Cheetos there? You, can you get Cheetos? <laughs> I don't think I've, no, you cannot get, you can get Doritos, but you cannot get Cheetos. Okay. (laughs) And I wonder how expensive the Doritos are. Are they like crazy expensive because it came came so far? Well, they actually, I think they are processed in SA and they're like the weirdest flavors. Like you've never seen them in America. I don't know where they come from, but they've never seen these bags of like, what is this flavor? (laughs) Um, It's really odd. Uh, but yeah, the diet here is so different. If you live by the lake, you eat fish, right, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, the main grain is this, like, corn base that's, like, really starchy, but, like, heavy, lots of beans, um, greens, tomatoes. Uh, so the diet is completely different. There's not a lot of processed food for those that are, like, in the rural areas, which is mostly everyone. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's completely different. Um, and people walk everywhere. Uh, you know, there's, so there's exercise. No oh yeah, lots of exercise. Our population is not old. Um, mm-hmm. We're very, very mm-hmm. young. Most of our population is is very young. Um, you know, most people don't live till past sixty five. Um, really? Yeah. So it's a, it's a very, very young population. That's surprising, What's, especially given the walking and you know fruits and vegetables that are local and full of, you know, goodness. Um, is it lack of healthcare or wh- yeah. Yeah. It's the healthcare, um, HIV and AIDS is, is 10% here. Um, mm. in some wow. places it's 14% um, in certain cities here. Uh, so that's, that's a huge factor. Malaria is a huge factor. Um, you know, certain things where if you don't catch them early, if you don't have the proper treatment, um, you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to survive. And the babies get malaria. And yeah, so there's lots of health factors that are really devastating here. Um, that contribute. So you're there to do HIV res- research. So um, 
can you can you talk a little bit about you know again 10% 14% that is can you imagine our population dealing with those kinds of I don't numbers. even know what the numbers are in the United States. Do you have that, you know, that at all, Cassie? They're, they're the really low. They're really low. Okay. I mean, compared, not really low, but comparatively to here, um, they're, you know, yeah. in the, you know, 3% area um, are lower. I mean, depending on the population you're looking at. But yeah. It's, and it's, is there, is there continued growth and spread or is education or resources coming in that are helping to assuage that what's happening with the trend yeah so it uh, unfortunately so as far as uh, people dying from hiv we are now getting people on treatment um and so that is that has changed immensely over the last few years but what we're not doing well is prevention um, mm. so we're still having the new cases pop up. And so that's actually a new area that we're in, uh, that we're investigating here. And we actually just started a project. And so really figuring out how do we prevent HIV? Like what are the, the, the channels that we can, you know, how do we, how do we get to the youth? Um, you know, how do we get to the sex workers and, and all of those populations, um, and make sure we're, we're targeting them. So that's, Yeah. That's a big one. It, is sex work a um, a prevalent occupation? Yep. Yes. Okay. Very prevalent, um, especially along. So it's a very transient country because we're like SA in Tanzania. Um, and so we have a lot of truck drivers that come through and a lot of people that are migrating for agricultural work, which are like primary um, job market. And so... Yeah, there's sex workers at the borders, um, you know, in the larger cities, especially. And yet it's very, very prominent. So when you say SA, you're referring to South Africa for our listeners. So um, who are trying to find a a country on the map that's named Mm -hmm. SA. (laughs) Are are safe sex practices um, not not recognized, not accessible. What is the key issue there? Yeah, it, it, it is becoming more accessible, um, becoming more accepted. There's a lot of like risk communication around there, but condom distribution is hard. Um, and, and, you know, if you think about like the really rural communities, um, and not just like the city centers. So you're talking about people being out in the villages and got condoms. Condoms are so expensive here. Really? Oh, it is. I couldn't even believe it. I think a pack of two, and you know, this is a population that lives on less than, you know, mostly less than a dollar a day. A pack of like two condoms is like three US dollars or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. You gotta like wonder, like, what's. Is it because it's being imported from someplace else? Can it not be? Can it not be produced in in the continent of Africa? I mean, latex is rubber, right? You would think that mm-hmm. with all the resources, they could do that in the in within the continent within those countries. Yeah. Or is it just? I don't know. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. Um, and I think, I think the so there are a lot of free condoms that are available. 
um, which I think plays a factor in like the market price for the ones that are selling in the store. But then you got to think about, are those being distributed to the right people, right? Mm-hmm. Are they targeting sex workers? Are they targeting youth? Are they t- targeting these vulnerable populations? Um, because those are the ones that really need the condoms. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a complicated. A lot of hurdles. Yeah. And tell me about like the government infrastructure. It, what is that like? And are there initiatives that they're fostering to help improve the, you know, uh, accessibility and, and, you know, maybe address these concerns? Yeah. So the government, so uh, at least with, with our organization, um, our focus is coming in and partnering with the government. And so we never try to do anything without, they are leading it and then they are, um, so for our like technology products that we uh, produce in order for them to see the data and numbers and make decisions, they're the end users. And so that we always partner with government entities. And so we aren't doing anything outside of that. So we aren't duplicating resources um, are doing something in the vacuum and not really understanding how the system works. Uh, so when we operate in that capacity, it's super, it's great, right? We find out all these little niche things that are going on, um, you know, who's who and, and get to figure it out. And then they're the ones leading the effort, you know, whereas if we were to just come in and throw in a bunch of money and not really understand like the government infrastructure, which happens a lot all the time, um, you know, people are, oh, I have a great idea. I know how to fix this problem here in this country I've never been to. Um, let me just go do mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, no, that's not how, <laughs> that's how things work. <laughs> that was cute. Um, you just waste a bunch of money. Um, <laughs> so, so that's how, so the, so the government's really great. Um, and, and over the years, we've worked here for about five years now, and they are really hungry for data and information that helps them make these informed decisions and like understanding the systems and adapting their systems when um, it doesn't match up with what the data is saying. And so that is like really, really helpful. So like the Ministry of Health here um, uh, is, is, is our partner and our leader. And yeah, it's. So what yeah. made you want to get into this field of epidemiology and then also practice it in Africa? Yeah, good question. Um, super, super short answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so I, uh, I think when I was really young, um, when I was third grade, I remember, I don't know how I stumbled upon like learning about the history of HIV and AIDS, uh, but I was just so intrigued about the disease in itself and the epidemiology, um, but then also like the politics behind it, the policies, you know, how it evolved, you know, in the, in the U.S. and and in South Africa. And so that really, really intrigued me. And initially I thought I wanted to become a doctor. Um, okay. And that's what I studied all through college. Um, so I was pre-medicine, I was like, I'll be a, you know, OBGYN or a surgeon. And I spent four years like shadowing doctors and it's like, huh, this isn't it. <laughs> like I don't, this just isn't sticking for me. Like I don't know what it is. Med school takes a long time. So I probably shouldn't go if I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of money. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I'm just gonna take a second and figure this out. Uh, and so I spent a year doing policy work, and I actually worked in homelessness. Um, but something clicked for me. I was like, oh, I want to be. I want to see like the whole picture. I want to be behind the scenes. I want to look at the system, 
um, and, and affect change in that way, uh, while also tying in like this, you know, research, technical, like all those kind of aspects to it. And so eventually, um, I got distracted for a few years working in homelessness, um, but, <laughs> but then I went and got my master's. A worthy distract. It's a worthy distraction. So this is a good I, mean, I thought so. You know, that was a worthy <laughs> distraction. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, it kept me very busy. Um, but, uh, but so yeah. So you got your master's? Yeah. So I got my master's um, and yeah, got my master's in epidemiology and then went and did a, a practicum here in Malawi. And it all just came together. Yeah. And you decided you wanted to then practice in Africa, if possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my apprehensions, what I was saying earlier, is I don't want to work for people that think they know how to fix Africa, um, that Mm -hmm. think they're going to to come in and make everything better for the brown people. Um, and so I, I just, I really thought I would never find that, um, Mm that would always be people just telling others what to do with their lives. Um, and so I was so happy when I found an organization that didn't represent that. Um, and so that was really the push for me to say, okay, I can live here. You know, I'm a venturer, so I like to live other places. I like to, to see other things. And so, you know, doing that along with my profession was like, all right, just try it out. Try it out. If you don't like it, you can go. Um, our company's remote, so you can really go back to the U.S. and, and work from anywhere, but I have no ties, ha- so let's try it. <laughs> so how many years now have you been there? It has been uh, oh, year, a year and a half. Yep. And you've been in multiple parts of the continent, right? Um, so what is what are some of your observations as you've traveled around and lived in different parts? Yeah, so it is vastly different um so when i when i first visited before i moved here i went to rwanda um okay which is actually a very similar culturally to malawi as far as like uh community and like friendliness and and all of that like the same type of feeling um when you arrive malawi is a warm heart of africa is the best way to describe it um and but it's very different from cities like uh, Johannesburg in South Africa that are like hustle, bustle, metropolitan, mm-hmm. exhausting, um, you know, just a lot of things happening, uh, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, similar dynamics to America around like race relations and all these different types of things, which you don't experience here. And when I talk to like my Malawian friends or to my boyfriend, I have to explain race to them. And like why we're so racist <laughs> that like what is yeah. happening um, yeah what yeah are y'all doing? um yeah yeah so it's, it's all so, very different so what was it like when you were in rwanda because you know what we hear or mm-hmm. like i guess um unfortunately you know the the thing that pops to my mind is the movie hotel rwanda but mm-hmm. it was genocide that happened you yeah. know a, a, several years ago um, what was it like being there now? Have the people, have they reconciled? I mean, what's, if you, if you yeah, can what's share the general a little bit feeling of, about that part of their history? Yeah, that's is a thing we can learn from them. Yeah, that's a, that's a great <laughs> question. And there's definitely so much we can learn. Um, it is one of my favorite places in the world. One, because it is just beautiful. There's rolling hills of green, like the mountains. Mm. It is gorgeous. 
um, but also just the people. And like you said, the what they've done post um, the genocide and how they have healed as a country. Um, I went there with a friend that was doing uh, research and we stayed with these nuns, um, and, which was, <laughs> which was, okay. I was like, this is going to be weird. Um, and it was not, it was not weird. We ate great food. We drank way too much wine. Um, and they're so, it was really great because they're so embedded in the community, of course. So we got to learn, to learn a lot about what was happening there. Um, but it was beautiful. I, the one thing I, when I was there, they asked me like, oh, could you like teach English? Yes. I know English pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Um, pretty well. And then, um, so I went and I was teaching these students and they are actually the last generation um, that really remembers the, the, the genocide, like has tangible memories. Um, and we were writing essays and we were talking about, you know, talk about stereotypes, right? How is the U.S. stereotype? How are you stereotyped? And they wrote back, they wrote these beautiful essays and I actually still have them. And one of the, the students was writing and he said, you know, one of the stereotype of us is that we are evil, right? That we're evil, that we kill each other. You know, that, that's what people think about us. He's like, well, we are really a nation of forgiveness. Like we have this dark past and things that happen, but when it was all over, like we came back together as a community to heal. And, you know, I, I live next to my uncle who killed my dad, but we forgive each other and we move on and we grow. And this was that a 17 is- year old impressive a nation of forgiveness Mm -hmm. what a what a great um you know encapsulation of of what's necessary you know i think like if every nation had could say that about themselves Mm -hmm. and then also not only within the nations but of other nations too Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and their relationships I'm, i'm curious right now you know the news that there's conversation going on about what's happening in ethiopia you know, when you're in Africa, how are, is everybody tuned into the news that's happening in all of the countries near, you know, around? And what's the feeling of when you're hearing a, you know, a nearly neighboring country um, is going through such, such hardship? What, what's the general feeling in your area? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Like, so Africa, it's kind of, um, uh, broken up into regions. So for example, Malawi uh, strongly identifies with the Southeastern African countries. Um, So there's really a sense of community with that. Uh, So when things happen in Mozambique, it feels like it's happening here, Um, or things happen in Zambia. I mean, mean, literally the book, you know, people can cross the border every day. Uh, So it feels really close and tangible. Um, So I think when that happens, uh, and there's actually like political agreements between those countries. And so, you know, the, mm-hmm. the effects are, are different. Um, and when it's, when it's like Ethiopia or, um, or I say Kenya or something, there's still a very like deep feeling and like relation to it, but not as, as like tangible, definitely way more than like Americans can identify. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. But yeah, there's this, there's this like unfortunate relatability to those hardships um, that are way more tangible here than, than Mm -hmm. than, like the Western countries. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I just find it staggering to think about, you know, in the United States, we've had our issues, you know, we've had our, that we, that have really bubbled up over the last year. Um, we've had, you know, COVID, I think has really kind of prodded them along. We've had, you know, a lot of racial unrest. We've had the, the you know, the, the government and um, frustrations there and we're seeing change. You know, there's some concerns with COVID and, and more people are dying than should, but we don't have, you know, we don't have such civil unrest that people are murdering each other. We're not yeah. getting bombed upon. We're not, you know, we don't have at this right now yeah, that currently. kind of you know that kind of life trauma going on so it's just astounding to me to think that you know that right now actively in this world there are there are you know lar- large populations of people dealing with this yeah you know so yeah yeah i uh, maybe what we do in the united states is probably a little bit more subtle and uh, underhanded and uh, backdoor kind right. of oppression and uh, and uh, you know systemic uh, <laughs> genocide, if you will, and you know that's in air quotes. Um, than what you know the overt um, uh, what you're referring to mm-hmm. with uh, people being bombed and things like that. Um, curious as to how the uh, your friends um, if they if everybody was watching the election and uh, following American politics in Malawi because we assume that the whole world follows our politics. Right, I mean, right. that's just one of the everybody things, right? Um, if they were, what were their like their um, perceptions uh, and what have have they asked you questions about our system and uh, and why we're so crazy? Um. <laughs> Yes, they, uh, <laughs> I mean, they really do follow <laughs> our politics. Um, my phone was blowing up, definitely. Uh, and, and even when the election results came out, they're like, are you, congratulations. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> definitely congratulations. What, what is going on? Um, but no, people were, were following it immensely. Um, my, so the local language here is Chichewa. And so my Chichewa tutor he loves politics, um, and he walks. He watches CNN obsessively. Um, what else is Al Jazeera? And I forgot his other channel. Um, and so when we, we every time we have a lesson, he will, he was talking about the. He's like, "How are you feeling? What's going on? Okay, let's talk about all these protests to count the votes and the protests to not count the votes." And he just was, was yeah. so intrigued um, and very confused. Uh, but it's it's a bit of a mixed bag as far as support here. Um, I think, you know, Malawi is a very religious country. Um, and I remember talking to my boyfriend uh, yeah. and he was like, yeah, you know, actually a lot of people here support Donald Trump because of his, you know, affiliation with the church. Um, so when you say they're uh, highly religious, are they, are they Catholic? Are they evangelical? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, Presbyterian, or, yeah. or is it something else? It's, yeah, it's. Ooh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna remember. Um, is it more Protestants there? It is. You know, it's quite the mixed bag. Oh man, I should have googled. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you don't no have worries. to know everything. Yeah. yeah dang it. <laughs> but more conservative um, with the, uh, like I guess the right to choose. 
Um, oh, I mean, yes. is, is abortion legal in Malawi? Abortion is not legal in Malawi. Mm, there um, I mean, it, 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 if you know the right person, there are like organizations here and it is, there are channels. Um, and it's just not, it's not actively protested against in any way. Um, actually, uh, being gay is illegal here also. Um, mm. mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Yep. But it, again, it's not a, how not is like it prosecuted? They don't. Like, they don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just. But do they in Tanzania? Do they prosecute in mm-hmm. Tanzania? Yeah. Mm. Really? Yeah. I don't know where they are now, but in the last, uh, gosh, was it last year? I think it was maybe two years ago. Um, they had a couple, they had a lot of arrest and people were like undercover and, and snitching oh on people. Gosh. Yeah, it was a whole, a whole thing. Oh, so yeah. sad. Oh, yeah. Which would then lead to why there's the high rates of HIV and AIDS because people are not um, getting access to prevention because then they're like, why do you need a condom? Why are you this? I mean, it's there's a stigma with all of that. Yeah. So they are they'd rather risk they would rather risk their lives possibly by you know the, the um, getting the the disease versus risking their lives to get um, prevention and, and condoms. Am I, and that's, that's a, that's going to take years to change. I mean, you know, it used to be that way in, you know, the UK um, back in the sixties, I mean, it was illegal for men to be homosexual and they could be thrown in jail. Um, even in the United States, it, you know, we had those laws. So it's going to take, I don't know if you, if we're, you know, is it going to take another 20 years yeah. before Malawi could um, embrace homosexuality more or like accept it? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's, um, I, yeah, I think we got to, I think the legal, the legality of it, I think that's going to be a while. I think, you know, like you said, 10, 15 years in the making. Um, but there is a, there's definitely a queer culture here um, okay. that's being celebrated now. Uh, Cause like you said, so it, it, they, it is very aware that it affects, you know, access to services, um, you know, and all of that, which affects sexual behavior, um, which is an issue in and of itself, but then, you know, obviously people's life. Um, and I actually went to a, um, a fashion show a few weeks ago. And I had no idea that it was going to be like the most beautiful queer, like pride, <laughs> like <laughs> best in the world. I was like, what is this place? Am I still in Malawi? Uh, I mean, they were walking out with oh. the pride flag, a trans flag. I seriously forgot where I was. It was so beautiful. Wow. Um, oh. And one of the um, ministers, uh, I think she's a minister of labor, a deputy minister of labor was there and she spoke and so, I mean, just to have that representation um, and that just, it was so beautiful and it just made me so happy. So I'm like, all right, we're moving, we're moving here. Do you think it's because it is a younger country and that the, you know, your generation and younger are more accepting of, I mean, it's, it's evident here in the United States that the millennials and the Gen Zs and whatever else we tie, um, labels we put on them are way more accepting of people regardless of the label that they Mm -hmm. you have that's a good point yeah no i I completely agree i think that young generation of even if the uh you know the the 20 sums here are definitely on that 
on that line. I think even even the thirty some allowance, they maybe they don't like agree with it or understand it, but they're not actively going to like say, No, 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 <laughs> you can't get married or, you know, all of that. Um so I think yeah, I think in the next few years as as those people become politicians, as that age group comes in, we'll hopefully get some legal traction there. Yeah. How does um how does Malawi treat women? Are they equal or because I'm I'm wondering with the religious background mm-hmm. if uh they, if women are not treated equally there. Yeah, that's a good question. Um so there there so there's definitely uh gender roles play out really strongly here. Um okay. especially in like the village and rural areas. Uh, un- unemployment is incredibly high. Like most people don't have a formal really? job. Yeah. Um, hmm. Most people don't have a formal job. They have a like informal job, you know, side hustle is what we call it. Like they have right. five yeah. other jobs. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. No, in, in the villages, like the, you know, the women are expected to, you know, cook the food, you know, take care of the children, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, and also they get married very young here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's changing a little bit. Um, How young? Young. They actually, I mean, young. Uh, like they, younger than 20 or in, in the teens? Yeah, younger than, yeah. yeah, in the teens and early 20s. Um, okay. And they're actually, Malawi's done a really great job over the last uh, five or 10 years. I can't remember when they started the campaign, but a campaign against child brides. Um, okay. they had an issue with, um, young women getting married off. Um, yeah, actually one of uh, my, one of my, um, my housekeeper in my last house, uh, she was actually a child bride. Um, mm. and you can all, she had children really young, you know, she was 29. Um, she had had three children though by the time she was very young and, you know, just really impacted her life, couldn't finish her education, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of advocacy against that. Um, I've, been, I've been seeing a lot of like advocacy against like rape in the campaign. You know, uh, real men don't rape. I don't know if that's trending in the U.S. or if that's. Um, uh, we hope so. <laughs> we hope so. Uh, <laughs> we hope so. We'll start it. We're gonna we start hope it. So. <laughs> um, real men don't rape. You guys got that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see campaigns going on around it. I think it's. Right. At least more socially known that it's right. Yeah, not, I mean, again, we are. Yeah, it, maybe ten years ahead socially in that section versus where you are in Malawi. Are women? Um, do they have access to the vote? Are they able to hold, have businesses, have their own checking accounts? You know, like money and stuff like that. Can they divorce? Can they divorce? So all those formal things, yes. Um, okay, divorce. I think they can, I think legally, yes, but I think it's really, really difficult and socially very unacceptable. So it's like near mm-hmm. impossible and I think really, really expensive to do just because it's mm-hmm. really shunned upon. Um, but yeah, so formally those, all those things are in place. Um, I think it's still the the culture of it that's evolving. And similarly, like the youth now understand like, oh, like, okay, yes, my, my wife can have a job. Um, oh wait, but she can have a job and not have to be, have to clean the house, do this kids, like all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or one of the things, actually, one of the things I found really strange, I remember when I was going out, when I first got here, I was like, where are all the women? <laughs> like, where yeah. are all the women in these bars? Um, and it, it's because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't socially acceptable, you know, not socially acceptable for women to go out to bars. So how does that, I mean, how do people look at you being this independent woman who, I don't know, is it obvious that you're not from the area, you know? And, you know, how are you looked upon locally? Yeah. It's, and how does that feel? Mm, mm, it's, yeah, it, it's pretty obvious, I think. Um, I think I have that American, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> <you> know vibe. <laughs> I try not to. Yeah. I mean, we do. <laughs> And so I think that that shows up, uh, you know, in my behaviors and how I interact with people. Um, uh, and I think also one thing that's strange for me, uh, I'm like very inclined to male friendships. I grew up with brothers, like that's my comfort. Um, mm-hmm. And that is not a thing here. <laughs> like really? women and men being friends is like, what? I have a really good friend. I consider him one of my best friends here. I remember him talking to his mom. He's like, oh, I'm going to grab lunch with Cassie. And she's like, why? <laughs> like, that's wow. really strange. Yeah. Um, oh. Anyway, but I'm like, I do what I They're want. They're missing out. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah, that's that's really missing out. You know, I, I love having, you know, the male friends that I have and being able to get that perspective. We loved our B-side conversations yeah. for the same kind of thing. Nothing I, replaces my girlfriend relationships, but... Right. I can see, is, though, where if, like, if it hasn't been socially, you know, uh, something that they've done for right. as long as, you know... I mean, we grew up with friends, like, you know, boys in our lives like that. But if a, you know, you don't, they don't have abortion, they don't have access to um, condoms. I mean, you know, if you get pregnant, your life is over. And so there may be like, has been historically a sense of mistrust between the genders, Mm. possibly Mm. that in time, because, you know, you can cross, Mm -hmm. cross gender relationships and friendships that will then, you know, again, real men don't rape. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can see where those yeah, mindsets had they've been there for a, so long um, are harder to to uh, to um, get over. So I hear your dog barking in the background. That's my dog barking. Because <laughs> I, I was like, part of me said, "We're not with Iggy Pup." Because yeah, <laughs> he's not here today. It actually Emily's sounds dog. a little bit more like your dog. He does sound a little yeah. bit like a Toby. So, uh, <laughs> um, do you foresee yourself like staying in Africa, like as long as you possibly can, or do you think someday you'll want to come back to the United States, or you know, is there, you know, what what are your thoughts for your future? Yeah, um, you know, usually I am. My parents would laugh at me. I have everything planned out. I'm like, and then in one year, and then two and a half years, and they're like, whatever, Cassie. <laughs> We're proud of you. Uh, but I, I actually, I don't have that planned out right now. I, for once, I feel very settled. I mean, I have a dog. <laughs> my first dog ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so kind of committed. I have a boyfriend. Aww. So also committed um more to the dog i'm just kidding uh no explanations necessary <laughs> yeah, like, we, we know totally that. understand 
We, this is clearly That's speaking a the podcast. We know. Yeah. We know. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I feel I definitely see myself here for another four or five years. Um, we have projects running that'll go that long that I'm really interested in. Um, I can't envision myself back in the States right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I really see the next move is, oh, maybe I'll go move over to Zambia um, or somewhere else in the region. Uh, But yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see myself back in the States. Yeah. Hey, that's perfectly yeah. underst- understandable. Next, you know, I mean, the the ability to live in other other cultures um, mm-hmm. are, you know, I'm I'm jealous of uh, what you what you can do mm-hmm. um, because I'm not your age anymore. <laughs> so. Hey. My, I'm a little, I'm, my, you know, my Alex's a little different. I'm like what I can do, but uh, I think it's awesome that you, you know, from St. Louis, you know, started here, mm-hmm. um, you know, graduate of um, Metro High School, which you know is where my kids, um, two of my children have, uh, um, are one's already graduated, one will be graduating next next uh, May, you know, and now you are. Uh, living in Africa and you're working with, you know, populations, you're, you're changing lives. Hopefully, you know, um, uh, I mean, I know you are positively changing lives, you know, hopefully like lots of them, but even if you can change one, um, that's one less person who could, you know, contract HIV and AIDS. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you ever see yourself, you know, getting a PhD and, uh, you know, coming you know, working for our state department or our, our, you know, the U S department of, uh, I don't know what would it be U S aid or anything like that. Have you been talking mm-hmm. to my father? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, uh, I can see where he would come up with that idea too. He sounds like a very smart man. <laughs> um, actually I, I have, I have been flirting with the idea of, um, getting my PhD, um, I did my master's while I was working full time um, and doing some some contracting work. So the thought is exhausting. Uh, but if yeah. I can figure out what I really want to research um, and if I can tie that into my work, uh, my work is very supportive of, of that option. We have two people that are in we have a, our organization of 16 people. And we have two people that are getting degrees right now um, okay. and balancing that with their work. So they're very, very supportive of that. Um, that would definitely be an option. Um, yeah, yeah, I've thought about it. So, so um, to to wrap up, I'm just curious, uh, what kind of fun things are you doing? I mean, we've talked like some pretty serious stuff, mm-hmm. say, but like, what are some fun things that you do in Malawi and Africa? Like, you know, uh, I guess you're not hanging out in bars because the women aren't in bars. <laughs> I still go to the bars. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> less now during COVID, but um, right, right. No, there's actually. Is it expensive actually, to drink in bars? I'm sorry. Can I take a side note oh, there? Is it expensive to drink in bars? Oh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is not. This right. bottle of gin is like three U.S. dollars. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh! So cheaper than a condom. Yeah. Uh huh. Cheaper than a condom. Right. Yep. In America, right. this will cost you fifty dollars. So I have to bring you all some back. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So time. sorry to mean to interrupt, but yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> <Good> point <laughs> question. <laughs> no, it's really. Yes. 
um so yes i drink in bars uh with the men okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um no there's actually some uh, the cool thing about being stuck here during COVID is one, the impact has been less. So like our, uh, some people's lives have been impacted less. Um, but there's lots to do outside. I'm an outdoors person. Um, so I love going for hikes and we have beautiful, we have beautiful mountain range called Melange down in the South. Um, I was just there mm, a few weeks, a month ago. Um, and it's okay. surrounded by tea plantations. So you're just looking at tea wow. and the mountain and you feel like you're in a movie and you're like, what is this? Um, so going out there, uh, we have a huge lake that I was just at last weekend and you can rent out, you know, houses and self cater and it's just so beautiful. Um, up North, you know, there's more lake and more mountains and it's just, it's really beautiful. Like they, they do a lot of, um, like I said, everything is like outdoor events. So they do like outdoor, like Sunday jazz. And so you just like go have a drink in the garden. Um, next, oh my gosh, I love that. It's amazing. Next, or, sorry, no, Friday. Friday, I'm going on safari. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, go on to my. Is that your first safari or, or you've done so many? This will, like, you've d- done so many. <laughs> you like, know your names. Safari. Like, what are you doing? Like, Cassie, you're back. <laughs> actually did have a certificate from last time. Um, no, this is only my second <laughs> safari. Uh, but here okay. in Malawi, it's actually. Um, much cheaper than like other places in Africa that are like, you know, Kenya and South Africa, where it's like super renowned. Um, but we have beautiful parks here. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just go like, I'm going to go to the lake for the weekend. I'm going to go safari for the weekend. Yes. Amazing. So you get yeah. to really experience the beauty of the country. It's, it's so beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a really, really small country. Um, in each part, you you know, you go to one national park, and you're like, what is, like, it just looks so different, like the rolling hills, the lake, the lake is, what, 350 miles long, um, wow. with fish that don't exist anywhere else in the world, you can just go scuba diving, snorkeling, um, I'm hoping to get my scuba wow. license uh, coming up, because why not? <laughs> right. right. Um, Will you uh, share some photos of you know, some of these adventures so that we can share them with our audience. They can get a little sneak peek into the beauty that you get to experience on a regular basis. Yes, I will definitely do that. Awesome. (laughs) And if you, um, if any of our listeners or, you know, are are curious about visiting Africa or making a, a move, I mean, what would you, like, what would you tell them to, what would you, what would you want them to know, um, you know, pros, cons about coming to visit or, or, or living in Africa? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I would, you know, definitely do your research, um, understand the culture, understand what's culturally acceptable there. Um, so for example, most places you'll visit, um, unless you're in like Johannesburg or main city, you're not going to show, don't show up in your short shorts. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I love a good short shirt and a short skirt, but do you want to be stared at all day by old women that are just like about to have a heart attack? <laughs> they see your whole thigh, like just don't, you know? Um, yeah. so definitely do, do your research, um, you know, learn some of the language just so you can interact. Like it's so exciting for, for, you know, the people that live here. Cause yeah, most, most people can speak English, but for you okay. to try to learn their language, it's like a, a sign of respect 
um, and a sign of like interest. Like you're not just here to like exploit the resources. Like you care about them and their culture. Um, be patient. <laughs> um, okay. Be very patient. Uh, things, you know, for maybe cultural reasons, you know, restaurants operate at a different tempo, I'll say. Um, right. <laughs> you know, then, then other places are things just maybe aren't as efficient for processes. Um, but you know, to, if you go to a place like Malawi, you know, it may take you a few steps to get something done, but there's always someone there to help you. Like it is, people are always here to help. Um, it's really what makes this place beautiful and amazing. It feels so at home and safe, uh, yeah, it's really amazing. Was that something you had to overcome asking for help uh, coming, you know, from the United States where we everything is, you know, individual, rugged yep. individualism. Up. Pull up, <laughs> pull yourself up by your yeah. bootstraps. <laughs> yeah. Only you can fight COVID. Nobody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Like, yes, I threw those boots away. That's not worth <laughs> in this environment. There's always some barrier. I don't know the correct way or the right person or I don't I don't know that word in Jajaywat like there's so many barriers um that's something you definitely just gotta throw your pride out um and just and people want to help you it's like it's very different than America where sometimes you just like I'm a burden on you or people make you feel like a burden on you. it's like the most inconvenient thing um mm-hmm. you know my friends and strangers have just been so helpful here is the only reason I've gotten like my car insurance, my like my all these different wow. things that are just like processes and are bureaucratic that you're like, what is happening here? Um, so yeah, or even just you know directing you to a good mechanic or you know going around with you to find yeah. parts for you. Like, it's just yeah, and, and not expecting anything in return. And that that's that's hard. Like the asking for help, but then also just. Like you're, but you're helping me because, like, I'm waiting for the because. Oh, expecting a <laughs> right, right a favor call. needed. Like, hey, remember right. that time I helped you? Right. Remember when I I told you I'd give you a whole bunch of money if you found some dirt on our presidential candidate? Oh no, it wasn't a quid pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one of the things it sounds like is that if you are, and this is, I think it's good for anybody that's traveling, especially Americans when you're traveling abroad, wherever you're going, is you cannot expect to go someplace else and it to be like the United States. Oh my gosh, if you expect that it, mm-hmm. that they're going to behave the same way we behave in the States, you're not going to enjoy your trip. And it's never wrong to be polite and aware of local customs and learn a little language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cassie, this has been yeah. so great having you on the show. Thank you for um, you know uh, arranging your schedule to uh, to talk with us today. I yeah. uh, look forward to when you can when you come back to the states. To, you know, even if on a visit to your parents here in St. Louis, please, like you know, connect mm-hmm. with us. Let's have some Malawi gin and uh, and uh, meet in uh, in real life in three yeah. D, as I say. And, Absolutely. And, and thanks for helping us open up season six. We really appreciate it. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me. I am honored. I can't wait to see you. <laughs> all right. Cheers. And take care and get healthy. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you.